A 5-1 start is not a guarantee of greatness going forward, but it sure does beat the alternative, doesn't it? The Mets alone in first place as they destroy the Nationals' opening day festivities. They trampled their pretty petunias. Let's talk it over. This is the Daily Mets podcast, the DMP. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Mets are doing. Love it when a plan comes together, huh? Neither Syndergaard nor DeGrom have been at their best yet. And still, the Mets are 5-1 to start the season. The hitters are hitting. The bullpen has been blazing. 13 straight scoreless innings in a bullpen that now includes Hansel Robles looking like Armando Benitez in his prime. You've got Gazelman, you've got Blevins, everyone chipping in, and the Mets are a game and a half ahead of Washington six games into the year. Josh Lewin with you. This is the Daily Mets podcast where we give you all the news and notes you need about the boys in the blue and orange hats. This was the game where Michael Conforto said he wanted his shot against Steven Strasburg in his return. Didn't want to ease into the pool against Tanner Roark or some such on Sunday night for that faceless Marlins rotation next week. Give me Strasburg and give him to me on a 43-degree afternoon with the wind blowing in my face. Don't know that Conforto has seen Hamilton yet on Broadway, but as the song suggests, he was not going to miss his shot. Conforto, one of the Mets' home run hitters. There were three of them total on this day, and that made a loser of the very successful Washington starter, Mr. Strasburg. Steven Strasburg, dirty little secret. Only one win ever against the Mets in his home park. The game on Thursday was his seventh opportunity, and he was decent, but he certainly wasn't great. Same can be said for DeGrom, really, but DeGrom wiggled out of a really tough jam in the last of the sixth when the game was only 4-2 in the Mets' favor at that point. And it would quickly become a much larger lead when Jay Bruce came up, bases loaded, top of the seventh. 3-2 pitch coming with the runners going, swing, high fly ball, right center field, Bryce Harper back, center fielder back, this ball taking off, it's gone! Jay Bruce grand slam! The Mets blow it wide open! All those borderline pitches, and Bruce has got a sheepish smile on his face as he rounds the bases, touching home plate right now to officially make it. Mets 8, Washington 2. 8-2 was the final. Eight runs, eight hits, one error for the Mets. 2-6-0 for Washington in front of a sold-out house. Let's go through the scorebook here, and I'll tell you what stands out. Conforto led off the game, and it was strike one, strike two, strike three. And we thought immediately, be careful what you wish for. You want Strasburg? Well, he just struck you out on a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Clip and save that. We'll come back to that. Washington jumped on DeGrom in the bottom of the first. The first first inning run the Mets had allowed all year. Rendon, who had been 0 for 19 lifetime against DeGrom, singled in Adam Eaton, who had doubled on the first pitch of that first inning. So you take it from there. The Mets needing to come back and tie it up, and they did on, of all things, a balk by Strasburg. He hadn't done that in 130 starts. Got to go back to 2013. But uh, so much attention being paid to, of all people, Kevin Ploiecki at first base. He balked, and Jay Bruce was able to trot home from third. So that's how the Mets got even. Then, Rendon, another hit in the bottom of the third. Washington went up 2-1. to one. 
Mets came right back, and it was Ioannis Cespedes, a 112-mile-an-hour exit velocity, Vladimir Guerrero-style on this. He went down to get one. And the Nationals actually have a saying on their pitching staff we have learned. It's don't go low on yo. They know better than that. If you throw down in the zone of Cespedes, he's going to make you pay. Matter of fact, since the start of the 2015 season, when things like this started getting tracked, it's pretty incredible. From the top of the strike zone on up, meaning anything that's actually out of the strike zone, only eight hits for Cespedes ever since 2015. But if you go to the bottom of the strike zone or below, including when he can do the Vlad Guerrero thing and golf one out, he's got 109 hits bottom of the zone or below. So 109 on the bottom, 8 on the top. You'd think that maybe people would have figured that out by now. But nope, they went low on Yo, and he clotheslined one about 410 feet to left center. So that's what got the Mets to a 2-2 tie. And as the game kind of trundled along from there, it came to Conforto in the fifth inning. Remember we said he struck out on a 97-mile-an-hour pitch in the first? This time he went opposite field, took it out. Second career home run against Strasburg. Not a guy who gives up very many. In fact, one of the the best home run to innings ratios in all of baseball last year. Conforto, the only Met to get him last season. Well, he's got him already this season. And it's a two-run home run. The Mets were ahead at that point, 4-2. Looked like DeGrom would give it back in the bottom of the sixth. A single, a walk, and a walk. He said he kind of lost feel for everything. It was getting cold out there. But Ryan Zimmerman, a pop-out. Kendrick lined out to Jose Reyes. Trey Turner struck out and was ejected for arguing. This is a Boy Scout, Trey Turner. The last guy you'd ever think would get ejected from a game, other than maybe Brandon Nimmo. But Turner was so hot about that strike, he was asked to leave by Doug Eddings. It stayed 4-2 for the Mets because of that. And immediately, the Mets went to work with Nimmo. Again, Boy Scout that he is. He came off the bench, had a pinch double with one out in the seventh inning. Conforto walked after that. And then eventually Cespedes walked on a check swing. A couple of pitches that were very borderline in that at bat against Brandon Kinsler, the reliever. Then Jay Bruce came up and he was down in the count 0-2. Worked it to 3-2 and against some borderline pitches. There was some chirping from that Washington dugout. And then Jay Bruce, four twists of the pepper shaker. Yes, a four base hit. A salami, 408-foot salami, as a matter of fact. And a great little nugget from the uh, the folks at Stats, Inc. Pretty incredible. Only the second-ever New York-based cleanup hitter to have a Grand Slam in Washington, D.C. Lou Gehrig is the other one. Did it a, a couple times, obviously, when the Yankees played the Senators. But uh, no Met had ever done it against the Washington Nationals. Neat little nugget. And the first home run for Jay Bruce for the year. First of what will be many, because he had three dozen of them a year ago. That made it 8-2 New York, and then it was all bullpen from there. And this Mets bullpen has been phenomenal to the tune of, well, if you add it all up here, it's now a 13-inning scoreless streak for this bullpen that's going on right now. Gazelman came on, and uh, that's his fourth relief appearance in six games already, so they're not shy about using him. And right now he's at four innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. To which Hansel Robles says, big freaking deal because he's faced seven batters. He has struck out six of them. The Mets have 72 strikeouts now in six games. The old record for most strikeouts by a Mets team through six games was 59. The bullpen's got 34 strikeouts in 22 and a third innings. It's just monster stuff out of the bullpen right now, and a big reason the Mets are where they are, which is ensconced 
in first place on, well, in, in very early April. Got to be a happy manager. You figure Mickey Calloway met the media after the game, and here's what he had to say. Just how difficult is doing something like that, what Conforto was able to do coming in essentially cold there and, and hitting the game-winning home run for you guys? Yeah, I mean, that, that's extremely difficult. I think it you know, shows what kind of talent he is, um, especially against the pitcher he did it against. So, uh, you know, that was, that was fun to see. What does he do to your lineup? How does he change the dynamic of this lineup? What I think he does um, is he adds a whole nother uh, level of anxiety for the other team. You know, being an ex-pitching coach, when you're prepping for a team, you have to pay attention to a guy like him. And then you back him up with uh, the others that we have. Then you create some anxiety, even in the advanced meeting going into the series. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just a whole nother level. What is, the, what is the vibe, the, the feeling just to be 5-1, and one, to come in here, their home opener, and take a big game like that? No, I think everybody's in a, in a really good spot um, confidence-wise. Uh, they're playing the game the right way, and, it, and it's just fun to see. You know, the, the pitchers are going out and attacking. The hitters are putting together great at-bats, being smart on the bases, and uh, that's the way you win ball games. DeGrom that allows him to kind of fight through innings like that sixth so well. His competitiveness, you know, and, and obviously his stuff is really good to, to you know, bail him out when, when times start getting tough, but uh, he never backs down. You know, he had trouble gripping the ball those first few hitters that inning, but he bared down. He didn't let that beat him, and uh, he got some big outs and that, you know, changed the game. With the bullpen, aside from overall effectiveness, what has stood out to you about that group? You know, I know we've said it before, but just their willingness to go out there and just be ready from uh, pitch one and pitch whenever we call their name. It's been pretty fun. Mickey, your team has answered very well when you've fallen behind. You've answered right away when the other team has answered. You know, you've come back with tack on runs. Yeah, I mean that, that's always big. You know, you, we keep we're keeping the momentum in our favor. Um, you know, they get they do a big blow and then we come back and, and score again. That's that's uh, a team that's going to fight and, and claw, and, and that's uh, always good to see. Mickey, I know it's only the sixth game of the season, but. The Mets starting off five and one. Are you, is it are you trying to show the Nationals that hey, they're not the only team to, to compete for in this division? Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope they think that. Um, we're going to go out there and we're going to play um, as hard as we can every day. We're going to play baseball the right way, and if we do that, then then they probably do need to worry about us. So uh, you know, it, it's it's good to get off to a five and one start in that regard. What makes this but it's so good? At those low balls even once out of I mean he he loves the low pitch you know so uh, you know you got to be careful when you're going down there you know and 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 you have to bounce a breaking ball to get him out so you're kind of walking a thin line if you don't quite get it there you know he puts a good swing on it and you're in trouble his first at bat with Strasburg kind of had his way with him and yet it didn't seem to yeah, good players make adjustments. You know, he knew he was a little late in that first at bat. I'm sure that uh, Strasburg knows that he hasn't faced a ton of live pitching, you know, in, in this setting and just went right after him. So, uh, real good adjustment by Conforto. What did you think of Bruce today? Really good. Um, he swung the bat well. You know, he was aggressive. He was going and attacking his pitch. You know, he, he just missed another one, the, the curveball that he popped up. Uh, he took a good swing at that. It just didn't quite get to where it probably should have gotten, and or he would have gotten that too. So he looks really good and comfortable at the plate. Did you think about letting Jake bat for himself 
in the top of the seventh there? No, no, not with uh, the way that last inning went. You know, he, he spent every bit of energy he had to get uh, through that bases loaded jam, so there was no second thought there. What made you comfortable using Gaselman today after pitching the two innings yesterday? So, you know, with, with both Lugo and Gaselman, the day off tomorrow really, really helped. Um, you know, we've been wanting at some point to get some of them back to back and day off and pitch, um, start to get used to that uh, reliever role. And uh, the, the opportunity presented itself where he really only had to come in and get one out. Um, so, you know, we thought it was a good time to go ahead and, and start getting him used to doing that. How have those two guys changed your bullpen's complexion since you don't have to maybe use those back-end guys for those kind of bridge? Yeah, no, they, they uh, add a whole other uh, component to our bullpen, just like Conforto adds a component to our lineup. So, you know, it's uh, a good two weapons to have. That's Mickey Calloway, one of three managers in the NL East alone this year. He was a first-year big league manager. He just outclassed the controversial Gabe Kapler in the series against the Phillies. So far, so good against Call Me Davey Martinez. Not quite Call Me Ismael, but yeah, just like Davey Johnson was always Dave Johnson when he played, Dave has gone to Davey Martinez in D.C. He's a national sixth different manager just in the past decade. And the team is saying they have no worries about inexperience. They love his qualifications. Ten years as a bench coach learning under Joe Madden. Dusty Baker was let go after two straight seasons of at least 95 wins. And if the logic behind the move is anything short of a World Series is a failure, well, the last few teams who thought that way didn't exactly strike gold when they made that turn. Dave Roberts took over for Don Mattingly in L.A. for 2016. At least he made the playoffs. But before that, the 06 Padres and A's replaced Bruce Bochy and Ken Maka with Bob Black and Bob Guerin. And both those teams went from the LCS to missing the playoffs entirely. Yankees got rid of Joe Torre after only making the ALDS in 07. In came Joe Girardi and in 08. They missed the playoffs altogether too. Obviously, those guys all went on to some pretty good things. Well, most of them anyway. Uh, Bob Guerin didn't really get a a chance to do much, but uh, Joe Girardi had a nice run. Speaking of some New York tie-ins here, some New York roots for Dave Martinez. Excuse me, Davey Martinez. He was born in Brooklyn, grew up in Manhattan at uh, Lexington 93rd on the Upper East Side. But at 13 years old, his family moved him down to Orlando. And uh, that's where things kind of got rolling for Dave slash Davey Martinez. Interesting guy who we'll talk plenty more about as the season rolls on. I mean, the guy brought a camel to spring training, for golly's sake. So, yeah, we will we'll talk about him more. That is a promise. Now, this promise to you, a look at what's coming up, a little segment we like to do this way. What's that in the road? A head? Hold it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold, hold a second. No, dear, no. What's that in the road ahead? <laughs> Not what's that in the road ahead. There is actually no game on Friday. So what are we going to do to keep you amused? We have a Gary Cohen interview instead. Doesn't that sound exciting? Yeah, we're going to sit down and go uh, really in-depth with the great TV voice, former radio voice, of course, of the Mets as well. Gary Cohen will take you through how he got in the business, who his heroes are, what makes him tick, all that yada yada. I think it's good stuff. So uh, make sure you download tomorrow. That'll be... Wow, episode number 10 already. We're doing great. Hope you're having fun listening. I'm having fun talking. This is the Daily Mets Podcast. This is the DMP.